All right. Welcome everyone back to Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. Today, I am speaking with Taylor Kane for the very first time. IT manager, IT director, CTO, CIO. I don't, we were talking today, we were talking moments before the show on whether titles really matter, but I guess officially you are your IT manager at, is it Diagraph? Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah, yeah, Diagraph. Uh, that's just like the major brand within the division at, in which I have, uh, which I'm over IT for. So, what are you making sure when you say I keep the, you know, I'm making sure things work for end users? What are we producing? What are we producing over there that makes money for the company? Yeah, so uh, for the most part, we we produce industrial inkjet printers, uh, which sounds really lame. <laughs> but um, uh, it's like a uh, subject. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. No, no. It's uh, it's you know, it's like um, it's like a printer that sits on a production line, and it spits out like onto either the product or the packaging. It spits out something, right? So like a barcode, labels, barcodes. Or, Stuff that's yeah. wicked important to make sure that things get where they're going. I, I work, I, I have a lot of uh, kind of logistic colleagues and stuff. And it's always about why is the VPN connection to uh, Azure or Amazon down and the printer in this location isn't printing this. So yeah, very important. Um, mm-hmm. But the, you had some very, very awesome, funny answers to questions that I ask everyone that's on the show. And that is, uh, what was your first computer? And you said it was a 486 beige masterpiece, uh, which is great. You had a hundred, you had a hundred more than me. I had a 386. Well, actually I had an Apple IIc prior, like probably when there was a Texas Instruments before that. But I mean, just about everyone that is over the age of, I'm hoping 30, probably knows what a 486 is or has mm-hmm. dealt with one in some way. Yeah. But um, even cooler was you saying that you and your father went to an auction and bought a truckload full of Pentium. So please, can you just take us back in time and let me know, I don't know, what was your first video game you played on that 486 or, you know, talk to me. Yeah, yeah. So... <clears throat> On that 486, I think um, I think I got Wolfenstein. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I got I got Wolfenstein on Absolutely. that bad boy. Private and it, Doom, like the and Doom. it was like you know that processor was cooking playing <laughs> Wolfenstein. You know that was that was difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah, but besides that, you know, just you know, silly games like Solitaire and things like that. But but yeah, um, like you said, we uh, you know my my dad. Um, worked at a, as a hospital administrator and he was aware of some IT auctions and um, they, they would, uh, you know, auction off all of their equipment and then give the proceeds to charity, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, and so they, you know, my, my dad just, you know, went to a, uh, an auction and he picked up literally a truckload. Was, I think it was like 11, PCs and, you know, just the beige, you know, pieces of crap. Um, but you know, they weren't, they weren't like, they weren't as bad as you would think. Actually, I think one of the systems it's almost like back, stripping down a car. I mean, I yeah. love this idea. This is almost like, I wonder if these IT auctions, they must obviously still exist. I mean, I had mm-hmm. friends, I remember I had a friend down in like Maryland buying old computers and like putting them on a container ship and shipping them overseas to like, you know, right. But 
uh, this sounds actually like a fun new reality show, like IT auction guys. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's crack this open and see how, see what kind of stuff we get. Uh, Did you take yeah. those, like, were you like parting those out and making one big computer or like one good one? Oh, I, yes, absolutely. That's, a, okay. that's exactly what I did. Um, so we, we, we brought them in and, you know, we, we got the first truckload uh-huh. and then, and then at the very next <laughs> auction, it was like six months later, I was like, dad, just get like, get an even bigger truckload. And so he, you know, he brought home like, uh, I think it was at least, you know, 18 computers. I mean, there's a ton of computers. And so, yeah, what we do is we part them out and then we'd build the, we, we'd add all the RAM, yeah. you know, to, yeah. you know, beef up no all the RAM. Auto beef exec up all the- bat. No more auto exec bat memory, like my you know, <laughs> to make Wolfenstein work. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, at that point, you know, this, these are Pentium, these are Pentium ones, like 133 megahertz, 166 megahertz, mm-hmm. you know, uh, some of them had MMX technology. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. And one yeah, might have even had a network card, I wonder. That, so <laughs> that, that's the thing. So that was the first time that I was exposed to networking. So we, we brought a couple of these computers home and one of the games that we were playing at the time was Warcraft 2. Yep. Uh, Blizzard Warcraft 2. And so we literally, like, I figured out, like, how to, and again, the, like, the online forums, like, the internet was, like, almost non-existent at this point, right? I mean, yeah, it, it was there, boards. but it was... Messaging boards. And yeah, stuff. It, was, it, was, it was insanely just simplistic, I mean, at that point. And um, so you just kind of had to figure things out. I just, I know yeah. I'm old because I'm, you know, like... Like when we were kids, it was like, I remember like, you know, when the microwave was invented or when the TV came out, let's be honest. My, my mom was like, I remember when the TV came yeah. out. That's crazy. That's like saying, I remember electricity. <laughs> and now I know I'm old because I'm saying, I remember when there was no internet, you know, kids. <laughs> you know, it's like, I remember AOL 3.0. <laughs> yes. And what was the net zero? It was free. Yeah, net zero. <laughs> Yeah, actually, my my first internet experience was uh, with a with a service called Orion, and it was all text based. Mm. It was it was a terminal based internet, and holy cow, you know, mm. uh, that was crazy. But anyway, um, do you remember yeah. booting Windows? Do you remember having to boot Windows? Like, yeah. Dot exe, like you just you started at a DOS prompt. You booted. Yeah. Like right, just, you know, yeah. Win Win exe, yeah. And you did other things in DOS, like you actually did stuff in DOS. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, CD backslash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, uh, people don't get it. You know, what are all these F one, F two, F three keys for? Many things. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, okay. So, anyways, back to truckload of Pentiums. I, I need to know what yeah. happened. Oh yeah, so so over networking. So I just figured out like, hey, I can pick a a parallel cable, plug it into the parallel port on the other computer, mm-hmm. right? Two different computers, and we, you could actually play Warcraft two one one v one, right? Mm-hmm. That was freaking amazing. That was like mind boggling. Yeah. Uh, we just thought we were like the coolest people on the planet because <laughs> we were like we had multiplayer gaming with computers, you know, how did that, like work. I'm just like, how did you set that up? Like, was there, because I'm just trying to remember the old, because yeah, the Warcraft was like on CD ROMs, you'd load yeah. whatever it yeah. was. And I remember playing that. And what was the other one? Star. The other one was like the, the Starcraft. Starcraft. Yeah. They were so awesome. And yeah. I remember playing them, but 
you know, people don't get it nowadays because people host them in servers and like you're playing Warcraft like globally, you know, or mm. any of these games globally. Right. So once you plug them together, what do you do? Go to like settings or something? Do you remember? Yeah, you, you go to multiplayer and then you like configure your multiplayer settings and you'd have to like say, hey, this is using LPT port or whatever it is. Mm. Um, LPT1, LPT2. And then <laughs> sometimes you'd have to like mess with like the the baud rate and stuff, you know, mm. all, that, all that silly <laughs> stuff. And then, and then if you did it all right, like you matched it all, it would work and it was like, Oh, communication established. And then, you know, and then you, then you play against each other. So anyway, that was, that was kind of a, that was pretty cool. And I think around, I tell like, this story too often, but yeah, I, I worked for quest wireless, like out of college and it was my first job that was like over $10 an hour. And I thought it was amazing. And because I liked dealing with all the angry customers, they wanted to cancel their cell phone service. They moved me up to premier. So I got into <laughs> premier accounts and premier accounts was like anyone for, with 50 cell phones or more. And it was 12 of us sitting in a room with a, like an OC 12 coming in, which was like huge back then. Oh, yeah. No security, no firewalls, nothing that. But we had like 12 computers on networks. We'd play whole games of civilization in one day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, starting out from like caveman days to all the way to... Yeah. That was great. Yeah. It was amazing. Anyways, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Really we, uh, well, we just, you know, we, we, I moved on from there and we moved to like... I remember playing Doom... Uh, so we, we, we actually, it was like Quake or was it Doom or Quake? I can't remember which one, uh, may, may have been both, but, but we actually at some point established like an actual local area network, you know, where we had like, like an old hub, mm-hmm. you know, 10, 10 base T hub. And, mm. you know, we connected the, the computers and we just mm. thought that was like the coolest. I had friends over and I, mean, I had, I had land par- land parties before, before people even knew what land parties were, you know, there's like, what, what's a, what's a land party is local yeah. area network. <laughs> that is awesome. That's real nerdy. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was fun. It was fun. I, I kind of almost started parties. like a little bit of a trend in my high school. Like once I started doing land parties, I've all these fellow nerds come over and then like yeah. other people started yeah. doing land parties and you know, we just yeah. became a, a, that was a thing when I was in high school, I don't know if that's a thing anymore, but when I was in high school, um, you know, toward the last couple of years, especially the last couple of years, of high school land parties. I mean, like nerds, we order pizza. It's a Friday yeah. night, you know, a Saturday yeah. night, whatever. And we're playing counter-strike, you know, we're, we're playing, we're playing Starcraft, you know, yeah. and we're just doing it to the wee hours of the morning until yes. we can't play anymore. And then we fall asleep. You know, it's real quality. That's quality time. I missed out yeah. on that. I missed out on that. The best I had was my friend. I went to boarding school. So my friend and I drill a hole in the wall and put a network cable through. He's like, let's drill a hole and we can peel back the, like the rubber on the bottom of the wall and put a hole through a network <laughs> card. He's like, you need a network card though. I was like, what? It's like, what's a network card? Like, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? A Nick. That, that's a great story. That really is. You actually, you just, you froze me for a moment. You, I'm almost, I'm actually almost speechless. Um, that is so great. Um, yeah. So I asked you, I'm going to ask you again. Yeah. For the, the youth nowadays that didn't experience, because that really is a nostalgic, I, it's hard to describe how awesome that was. It's something we take for advantage. It's something we take for granted now, like gaming, this stuff. It's just, it's very, it's just a common, it's, it's seeing that whole thing come about 
like video games in general. Like, can you imagine? Mm-hmm. Like, can, like no video games. Like there was like, like Pong. Like I, I had Pong. Like, like mm-hmm. legit mm-hmm. Pong. Like knobs. <laughs> like with an uh, AV switch or what was that switch at the back of the TV that you had to connect? I'm trying to remember. You literally had to have like a Phillips head screwdriver and connect metal. That that RV switch or whatever that switch was. So, yeah, like, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Anyways, um, people just don't understand that, which brings me to this question, which is, do you have any advice for the youth now, like youth, young people right now growing up in technology today? Um, I've seen it happen. I've seen um, an earthquake hit in DC when I was living down in DC. That rarely, rarely happens, right? It was like an earthquake and you go to make a phone call, nothing works. Because the, the the cell phone towers are literally flooded with calls and they can't handle the they can't handle the volume. So now all of a sudden people are like, Oh my god, what do I do? I don't have a phone. Or we leave home and it's like, I, where are you at right now? Where are my kids? Where is this? You can tell where they're at because they're on a phone. We're tracking them. I don't know if you're following my stream of crazy consciousness here, but back in the day, no, you just laughed and we're like, oh, I don't know. You'll be back sometime. You didn't worry yeah. about like where someone was because it was normal to leave and not be attached at the hip to them. So what is your advice to the youth growing up mm. in technology now that are maybe handicapped or been spoon-fed? Oh yeah. Well, nowadays, you know, the the um you know the dis, the, the discord, you know, the um the ability to communicate uh wirelessly and remotely is so much better that it it's almost it's almost made land parties irrelevant, right? Um, <laughs> they're and, definitely and irrelevant now. yeah it's kind of sad. well i mean i still hear about it every once in a while i still hear of like you know guys coming together or some 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 nerds or whatever getting together and you know doing a land party it's just so much more rare now it's just it's, like here's what not, i here's the version know. of it now i do a lot of jujitsu right so i love so mm-hmm. i'm in and, and jujitsu is like anyone that knows brazilian jujitsu knows like I always tell people, get into it, get into it, get into it. You'll lose 50 pounds in the first two months. Like I have guys coming, I had guys lose 100 pounds. Like it's the best form of exercise. It's totally addictive. It's human chest, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then eventually like, hey, I tried jujitsu. I'm totally addicted now. And I'm like, uh. um, But there's a whole range of people in jujitsu from 16-year-olds all the way up to, you know, 67-year-old guys. So I see, I interact with the millennials, let's just say. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I interact with them, and I saw a post in our in our Facebook group that was like, "We finally, I finally got together with my um, whatever game they play with my team. I finally got together with my mm-hmm. team. He flew in from San Francisco. He flew in from here. He flew in from here, and like they all met like in person for the first time. But they had been playing this like one video game as a team for like you know years. Yeah, that's similar to the kind. That's like the modern day LAN party. Like we finally got together in person. Right. Right. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would tell the youth, uh, don't shy away from that because the thing is, um, it's, it's, it's just not the same. I'm sorry. It's not, I don't think it ever will be, um, as, you know, being person and, you know, being in person with somebody and, uh, getting to like, you know, see the look on their face, you know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like sitting across from them and just like high-fiving each other and stuff. You know, uh, it's, uh, it's just fun. It's just like, and, and you're like staying up, like, you know, eating pizza and like drinking yeah. soda and stuff. Like that's fun stuff. I don't care who you are. Um, and you know, I think the youth are kind of miss, missing out on that a little bit cause they're just, everything's remote. And I think, you know, I think it's, you know, hopefully we start to solve this whole pandemic thing. Um, you know, and that becomes, 
uh, something hopefully of the past where, um, cause right now we feel like, you know, we're all suspicious of each other almost. It's, it's, it's really kind of unhealthy in a lot of ways. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're like, do you have COVID? I don't know. Who's got COVID? Maybe I have COVID, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it creates, uh, uh, it creates the irony kind is of a, my sister yeah. is the most suspicious person of all. She's a nurse. She's an RN. She's like so suspicious. She's like the family, like you better wear a mask. And like, what are you? <laughs> and she comes to the house and she's wearing a mask and like everywhere. Right. And like the other day she was, I was like, oh, well, we're wearing, wearing masks now inside. And the irony is that she's the only one that got COVID. She was like, why me? Why? <laughs> me? I've been so cautious. You know, I've been this, I've been that. <laughs> and she didn't feel anything. She got COVID. She didn't feel a thing. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. nothing. Didn't lose taste, smell, nothing. Like double tested, tested multiple times. They're like, no, you absolutely have it. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, it, does, it varies so much. And like, person, what, if person. Super, what if I'm a super spreader? I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, so suspicious, funny because, uh, yeah, I did a podcast the other day with, um, uh, with, with Mike. And uh, anyways, he was saying, he was saying, you know, I, I teach suspicion. I teach suspicion. I'm teaching people to be suspicious, certainly from a certain right. security aspect. But, right, um, right. but anyways, you said the youth should embrace technology, but make sure you rule it and not the other way around. So how do you rule technology? You, well, first of all, you make it work for you, right? Like, you, like t- t- technology should be, um, you should be the master so to speak, you know, mm. and, and you, you, you need to rule it, um, as opposed to it ruling you. And I think we all kind of instinctually know what I'm talking about when, when we say we're technology ruling us, right? Like we know, we know what that looks like. That looks like, that looks like, like shadow it, IT. That looks like, Hey, we're going to a new yeah. CRM. Here you go. Yeah. And also, and on a personal level, it also means like, addiction to our phones oh. addiction to social media yeah. right well we are literally being ruled by our technology um instead of instead of the other way around um it's true and so you know we as as we need you know we need to start looking at technology um as as something that that um we use as tools to accomplish what we want to accomplish, right? Um, it's, it's hard to separate tools from desire. Yeah. And, and like you said, addiction. I think I have a cure for it. Um, ha- travel overseas and have someone drop you out of a helicopter in a parachute in the middle of like some land somewhere. And uh, <laughs> the, uh, I only say that because I traveled to, uh, I traveled to Egypt last year and I didn't do like the normal thing like people would do, like, you know, go to the pyramids and stay in a five-star hotel or anything like that. Because I know I have a couple friends over there and I stay with my friend and, uh, he teaches Arabic over, he teaches Arabic via zoom. Right. And, uh, and I'm trying to learn another language. It's just one of those things I've always wanted to do. And anywho, I went to go visit him. I figured, Hey, I'll go visit him. You know, this is cool. I had no idea where I was going. This was like buy a plane ticket, get on the plane, go somewhere. Like I know my Arabic teacher because I've been taking Arabic for the last, you know, two years with him. So I know him well, but I've never visited him in person. I've never even literally seen him in person. So I'm going to go visit. And I'm not kidding. He lives in a small rural 
the level of poverty is such a level of poverty that I have never seen in my life. Yeah. And I'm like, this is, this is unbelievable. Like you are making a living via zoom in this middle of like just the poorest place I have ever seen. It's, it's, it was shocking to me. And I quickly realized that there was no, like, you know, there was, I actually had so much fun and felt so at home visiting him because he was like so welcoming and brought me into his house and like just it, some other cultures, the level of a guest, when you go to visit, the level of a guest is like, you do everything for them. You would never mm, let them pay mm-hmm. for anything. Like, you know, you're always like delivering food. I'm like, stop, this is crazy. It's like too much. <laughs> and, uh, but there was, it was a complete freedom from like the social media aspect or kind of completely take you out of your normal uh, aspect or normal culture or whatever it was, uh, very yeah. life altering, very life altering, but technology was absolutely involved. There was definitely getting a SIM card and putting it in my phone. And there was definitely communicating and doing my everyday business. My business sure. did, didn't skip a beat as far as remote work goes. Business did not skip a beat. There's still internet. Um, it might be internet like in you'd experience in some weird town in South Dakota in the middle of nowhere, but there is still <laughs> internet enough to have Zoom still works, email still works, Skype would still work, you know. Anyways, yep. Yep. that's my only piece about the addiction thing. That, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's uh, interesting. Yeah. Travel somewhere it's, crazy, go to Russia, go to like, you know, go to some place that you would never imagine yourself going. I don't know. Yeah, some, that, that's just going to help you. That, that kind of thing is going to help you in so many ways, not just, uh, with regards to your dependency on technology, but just helping you give it a different perspective. Right. And it's like you, on human see, beings. Yeah. 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 We're you, all human. You see things just so differently when you get out. Um, so, and that's something I, I, um, I had the chance to, to do. So I actually uh, served a two year mission for my church. Um, and I was uh, down in, in Mexico for, for two years. That literally dropped me, in the middle of a small town uh, yeah. in Mexico, and they said, "Okay, go do your thing." And um, <laughs> and I didn't know any Spanish, you know. And you have to know Spanish in order to communicate basic things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I had to learn Spanish. I'm, I'm bilingual now, um, and that's great. But you know, it definitely was a, a an eye opening experience. Just like getting out, like you said, just getting out there, getting a, a, a different perspective on the world, and you know, not, not taking things for granted as much. Um, you know, quickly, I, think it, that helps a lot. I did happen to go see the pyramids and various different other things there, but he asked me one day, it was, uh, I was with my, my, I was sitting around this big gathering of food, family around kids everywhere, brothers, sisters, they all live in like the same kind of like building, all very close, very family oriented. Right. And, um, the guy sitting next to me, he's like, well, so, so what, you know, what was the best part so far? What was the best part? You know, like what what's the best part that you've seen so far, you know, asking me like so far in your visit, you know, what is it? And I said, it was this, it's this right here, man. It's mm-hmm. literally mm-hmm. this right here. It's seeing your family. You don't understand what it's like where I'm from. Like, yeah, I'm not saying it's like that for everybody. I'm not, but for the majority, I would say of America, like you don't see your family every day. You don't sit down and have every single meal with them. You're not completely intertwined with them and their kids and all running around. And, you know, I was like, I was like, honestly, it's this right here. This is the most impactful thing that I'm seeing, how you treat me, how your family's together. This has nothing to do with IT, I understand, but mm-hmm. um, uh, it did to, a, to, a, to an extent because I was using Google Translate a lot 
<laughs> we're going back and forth with Google right. Translate from that standpoint it is. But um, yeah, you know, and they're just kind of like, wow, like I'm kind of surprised because, you know, for them, that's like standard. Um, yep, yep. It's hard to move from that to something very quite <laughs> hilarious. Um, but I asked you what your biggest learning moment was. And this is near and dear to me because I've been in telecom for two decades. And you said implementing the wrong phone system, your customer service people will never forgive you. I got to ask what <laughs> happened. Because yeah. that is um, that would that could be the most painful thing ever, from porting numbers oh, wrong to yeah. auto attendance to how do I transfer to how do I um, what happened to my KPIs or my reports? And I'm trying right. to think of numerous things that could have been like literally like you just wanting to stab yourself. Uh, yeah, yeah, all of those things actually. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you just mentioned. To, why um, is the phone rebooting? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Why so, does it say no network available? And what do you mean? What's Cat yeah. Five? You know, um, I'm pretty sure that every IT guy ever or gal that I've ever met, um, we just don't like telecom. I'm telling you, there's something about <laughs> there's something about telecom that is just it's just the bane. I it's love just it. the bane of our existence. Like we I just absolutely love it. Uh, it's it's this necessary evil where you you like you hate it, but like you're like we, I take we a, need to have phones. You know, can I take an advertisement break. <laughs> Let me see. <laughs> For everyone out there listening to dissecting popular IT nerds, if you're an IT guy and you hate telecom. I will do all of it for you at, for free. I will take all of that off your hands. I'll put the whole <laughs> team in charge of you for it. And while you're at it, could you please go to iTunes and give us an honest review? I'm supposed to do this. I have like a podcast like consultant now. He's like, what do you mean you don't ask people to give you reviews? I'm like, I, I don't know. He's like, you have to do that. Okay, yeah, so yeah. everyone listening, please. It's iTunes. You might, you might not be an iPhone guy, so I don't know. Just figure out a way to go to iTunes. Search for Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. You got to scroll all the way to the bottom. You got to give me an honest review. Actually listen to a show and hit, I don't know, whatever your one to five star review and give me an honest review. I'd love to know. Okay. So every IT guy hates telecom and we don't do video. This is just like an audio story. But if people could see you of grabbing your head earlier, you know, like, like, you know, body i'm going to just describe yes yes hand over face and eyes <laughs> you know <laughs> biting fingers anyways what happened i gotta hear the story the question is what did not happen that's the question now well, let's um, start from the, from the top down what was the worst, what was okay, the worst so, part to begin with was it cuddling? so here's here's where it started here's the here's where the problem started the problem started with my hatred of telecom and and <laughs> you didn't embrace was, it. <laughs> no, yeah, see, that's the problem. Like it, it started out with that. That was the, uh, that was the issue, and it's like years of like having to deal with with uh, you know telecom companies. And I don't I don't know what it is. It's almost like the telecom companies are colluding together to like yes. to like all provide terrible yes. service. Yes, absolutely. They're like, hey, I know if, if they they can get away with providing tell horrible service, then I can get away with providing yes. horrible service. <laughs> I tell this story all the time. I left. I I was at an ISP doing fixed wireless. It was one of my favorite jobs ever. Right, a, a fixed wireless startup, and I had um, a partner, kind of like a strategic partner. But that long story short, that company got sold and liquidated, and it was great. But we grew the company, and then they sold, and bye bye. Phil Howard's got to get a new job. 
So one of my strategic partners referred me to a company called Broadview, which got purchased by Windstream. And he said, we need a really good guy. We need someone that can support us because of all the reasons that you're saying right now, we need you over there, Phil, we need you. I'm going to get you a job over here. So I'm like, okay. I walk into the interview and the VP, uh, Donna Wank, lover, lover, Donna, thank you. Um, she said to me, Phil, I don't even know why this interview is even necessary. She's like, because so many people have called and said that I need to hire you. So I guess I kind of feel like you need to interview me. <laughs> I laughed and I said, yeah. okay, um, I don't know. Why should I come to work here? And she's like, because we suck less. <laughs> <laughs> like fully honest, you know, like really, really honest from the telecom. Yeah. I was like, okay. we, we, we suck, we suck less than the other guys. <laughs> probably kill and me for so, saying this live. She's like, and if you ever say it, I'll deny it. <laughs> She'll probably like kill me when she hears this. I will not tag her. In this I wonder if that's our, their customer service slogan. We suck less. <laughs> hey, every day, you, all y'all, you know, who are working customer service, just remember we suck less. Okay. When you're on the phone with that customer, just remember that. Sometimes brutal honesty, like, you know, it really bonds you it really shows that like you can trust the person like really what you, what she was saying is is like look I, i'm going to be a good boss you can trust me i'll take care of you you know what i mean and she did she really did and good. uh the, the but the funny thing is yeah like if you ask um all of america the statistics show that 33 percent of america says that telecom has the worst customer service of any industry mm, yeah not inkjet printers you know no telecom not that I'm saying inkjet printers have a, have anything to do with bad customer service. I really don't know. You guys probably have the best, and then you know, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying telecom out of any industry, car, automotive, yeah. you name it, corn buying. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, yeah. begin. Yeah, yes. So, um, I'm kind of curious what that what that number is for IT leaders. Like if it's even lower. <laughs> oh, you mean telecom uh, you know, support? Yeah. yeah, like their yeah, their opinion <laughs> of telecom. Get out! <laughs> Every time a telecom guy calls them. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we have. Um, I call it one eight hundred go pound sand. I said, are you calling one eight hundred go pound sand? Does your IT team drive well with the knock at XYZ Telecom Company? You know, I could just go on all day and ask questions. I could. I could oh, probably. Yeah. I could probably spell out step by step exactly what went wrong with your thing. You had a bunch of guys come in in suits and ties. They made a great presentation. They told you all the bells and whistles. They made you fill all of the like, filled all of the um, gotchas that you needed. They probably talked about Frost and Sullivan. Maybe they talked about Gartner Magic Quadrant and how this, that, and EBITDA and where we sit. Great. Product shows great. Here's the one thing they never cover. The one thing they will never tell you is how backed up their operations department is. So, so then you're like, okay, great. Crosses all the dots, get the paperwork signed. Maybe we forget to talk about chronic outage addendums and SLAs. I don't know, probably a few other things. Um, how the porting is going to go. What's the next steps? Setting great expectations. You get handed off to a project manager. That project manager is a butt in the seat. They get paid an hourly rate. Nothing against them, but they clock in and clock out and their schedules are backed up backed up. They've got multiple installs to do. There's no time in between one call to a cutover to the next cutter cutover to deal with you and any of your problems or little issues that went wrong. You know why? Because they're on the next call, screwing up the next order or forgetting to dot T's or cross I's or there's a DID that got missed on the install. So now 
you're trying to bird dog a very complicated install and there's no one to get back to you because they get paid hourly rates, they clock in and clock out and they're vastly overloaded. And the way that these companies work is the sales departments, a lot of the money goes into sales and not as much money into operations. I'm not saying that's with everybody. I mean, I'm not saying that there's not a solution to that. There is, but I can imagine cut over a day, I have seen nasty cutovers where a lot of problems have gone wrong and executives are like, switch us back, but there's no going back because that would be a snapback and we can't snap back the ported numbers. And anyways, and then there's maybe if there's one thing that went wrong, if there's an API that doesn't work or there's a little issue or an annoying thing that soft phone, weird glitch or something like that, you may have to live with that forever. But yeah. you don't know you have to live with it forever because in the IT director's mind, you're like, this is a simple fix. Why can't you make this work? But somehow in the ether of the telecom world, <laughs> there's no way to fix simple sometimes. Yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty close. What did I forget? That's pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you, you, uh, you got some big ones. Um, I would say, okay, so here, so with us, we were, um, okay, so we had already moved uh, to a cloud PBX, right? So like, a, you know, uh, we don't, we don't have the phone system on premise. So you were and, doing, okay, we call yeah. that, just so you know, we call that a hot cut. Mm-hmm. Going from cloud to cloud is a hot cut because you can't have two phone systems at one time in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Huh. Right. Good. So, so yeah, we were, we were going through a hot cut basically. And um, I, you know, if I had to nail down the biggest problems, okay. So, so, you know, the fact that I didn't like telecom, um, had a disdain for it, um, I think was an issue because what, what happened is that I outsource as much as possible because I hate it so much. <laughs> so what do you, what do you do when you hate well, you something? Have to. You, you outsource it. <laughs> right. Um, so, you, you know, I, I <laughs> yeah, pretty much I, I, I uh, found a company that, you know, local, uh, uh-huh. I'm in the St. Louis area uh-huh. and I'll, I'll, I won't mention them, um, uh, okay. to not completely ruin them. Sure uh, but, the, <laughs> but the point is, um, <laughs> that I, I, I had a local, you know, it firm, um, services firm and they were gonna, you know, they, they helped me, uh, using our re- requirements to come up with like a, a good solution that they were comfortable with and that they had done before supposedly. Um, and that they were going to basically act as a, a middleman to help, you know, implement this this new uh, cloud PBX system. Well, and, known or, um, well known or not well known? Um, I would say not well known. Okay. Yeah, because the, there's only the, like, you know seven hundred of them. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> it's um, like every guy I, that's like, "Hey, I got a good idea." We, now that we're done networking, our having a land party during our land party. So while we're having our land party eating pizza, you know, I got a great idea. Let's start a VoIP company. Yep. We just turn up a couple of these Pentiums in the garage that we got from this other thing. I mean, really, you don't need much to run VoIP. You know what I mean? We'll buy some sick <laughs> trunking. We'll do a lease pass call router. I got this guy that I met at a conference. We're good to go. It's boom. <laughs> As long as we get it's been like that for years. Uptime. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. 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 And yeah, it's, yeah. So we had, um, I'm not saying, you know, we had, that. we had a sales engineer, um, that was working with us. And uh-huh. I think that was a, one of the big problems. I mean, uh, to me, like the sales engineer, like that's such a critical role, you know, hmm. it's, I like it's, that you're saying it's, it's, it's so critical because 
that's the person who um, is supposed to cut through the fluff. Like if, if they're a good one, they're supposed to cut, cut through the sales puffery and all that crap. I put it this way. They're the guy that basically prevents the sales rep from over-exaggerating and selling uh, stuff that doesn't exist. Yes, exactly. And they're supposed to say, and and, and preventing the sales. No, we can't do that. (laughs) Right. Preventing the sales person from saying yes to literally every question. (laughs) 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 I exist. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) Yeah. So, and that, that was a situation where is where, you know, our, the sales that, you know, what we were getting pitched, uh, was a solution to all of our problems. And, 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 and they kept using, you know, the, the phrase seamless integration. Oh, gosh. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I will never, I will never trust, um, frankly, anyone, if I, if I, it's almost like a trigger word for me now, (laughs) I I hear like seamless integration and I'm like, bull crap, you know, (laughs) like, like like show me, show me the, you know, show me the money, so to speak, like uh, show me full black eye cut over. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Seamless integration. And because what they were referring to was, um, you know, how well we integrate with, uh, they integrated with office 365 and, and Skype services, right. Skype, um, at the time, um, because uh, we had made a, a crazy move to, you know, start using Skype PBX services, um, and they they pitched this whole thing like, hey, we're going to use Skype PBX services, going to going to save you a bunch of money because if you just do the add-ons and the international add-ons, like it's actually cheaper than, you know, these other solutions out there, and it's going to give you full integration to like chat and all the other services. Yeah. And it's just going to be one happy, just perfectly, you know. Skype uh, for business integration. Skype for <laughs> yeah. business integration. It was it was much prior to Teams. All this stuff. Right. Teams. Yep. Gotcha. Correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. before, before the team switch over. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, it was it was pitched as this you know seamless integrated um, call center that was going to just work perfectly with our Skype and everything was going to be uh, you know utopia. And and the sales engineer, the sales engineer really. Um, was I would say mostly responsible for kind of creating that utopia, like the person who's supposed to be cutting through and saying, "Okay, let's actually look at what this really is going to look like." Um, what kind of switches was, do you have in place? What kind yeah. of like support process? What kind? Yeah, of and it get, and it gets you know with cloud PBX, it gets it does get kind of complicated because you uh, there are a lot of little things that normally you know with on prem stuff you don't think about. Uh, but with the Skype PBX stuff, you you have to like fine tune firewalls, mm-hmm. right? You have to fine tune QoS. Mm-hmm. You have to look at you have to look at the hops, right? You have to look at you mm-hmm. know what, where is this traffic going to? Mm-hmm. I mean, we we didn't have you know. Did they not do a POC? They did. Okay. Uh, they did, and um, it, frankly, it turned out fine, which was which was kind of weird um, because when we actually implemented the system. Uh, the performance was not even close, right? Um, Weird. Yeah, yeah. It just, it, it just didn't, it just didn't work out. I mean, it, 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 it worked out. I mean, we finally were able to fine tune everything, like post go live. You know, we, we were able to fine tune it and get it to, I would call, a minimally acceptable state, <laughs> okay. right? Uh, where it's just like this is just barely good enough. 
not to rip the entire thing out. But you're and, walking down the yeah. hall and everyone's staring at you like, yeah. you feel like you're walking <laughs> through the gauntlet. You're just walking with it. Like, is there a back door to this place? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I got lots of glares. I, I had one of the customer service people use the word, um, I used the phrase, this new system disgusts me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Which is like, I don't don't even know what the, I don't want to respond to that. I don't even know, like, you know, it it literally disgusted her, like the the new system. I know. Um, So, you know, anyway, there were, there were a lot of problems, but this, the sales engineering from the get go was off. Right. And so then, then that trickled into, you know, the, the project management uh, that we had a lot of issues with. Um, And, you know, I, I am, I am an attentive like stakeholder, like I'm an attentive, uh, you know, like customer, so to speak. I'm not, I'm not one of those IT guys. that's just like, Details. you know, Oh, you know, training yeah, is going to be an issue, you know, end user support. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And we, I feel like, you know, me and my team went at like above and beyond, um, what I think a normal IT department would do. I mean, Jesus, we, we, we IT. sat down one-on-one with people and we, um, you know, we had multiple trainings and, and created train the trainer programs. And, you know, we, uh, you know, we bought pizza for the customer service. I mean, <laughs> we just like went over and over. It's like, we went above and beyond, um, what I think, uh, what's normal. And, uh, and I was very attentive to the project manager. I was on the project manager all the time. Um, and at the at the end of the day, just the end result, the end product was anything but seamless integration. It was, it was a hard, like arduous, like difficult, a clunky integration between these different services um, that did not work well and was fragile, right? I mean, any little thing would break it. Um, and, uh, ended up, we, we, we were sold one thing, which was a, a, a in window, in window Skype, uh, silver light, uh, tool that was going to be a part of Skype. And what we actually got was a web-based phone system. Like it was literally, it's like based in HTML five and was experimental. Um, and I mean, holy cow, uh, the list can, goes on and on. Uh, but. It just, it just, the whole thing ended up well, being a cluster. So the old provider actually was better. Why, why did we do it? Was there money savings? What was it? Um, we did it because the old provider was, um, was just a really, really terrible partner. Um, they were, they were constantly charging us for things that they shouldn't have charged us for, uh, feeing us to death. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the, the reliability, I would say, was okay um, from a um, they were on the know, from a usability from yeah. a usability they were fine like it was it was a much simpler system right than what the one we had before. The issue was uh, that we did have downtime and when we when we did have downtime, it would be like an entire day you Ugh. know okay. yeah just just horrible horrible just like SLA destroying. Stuff and then of course they wouldn't they wouldn't actually uh, they wouldn't uphold their SLAs mm-hmm. um, and they would deny our our you know corrective actions and stuff like that. I mean the list was just I mean there's definitely reason to move away from them. Um, it just was you know what we moved to obviously ended up it, it was kind of it's funny we we traded one we traded it was a huge trade off 
we ended we ended up training was um like we avoided the major downtimes, mm. but we traded the major downtimes for a whole bunch of small uh, annoyances and inconveniences mm. that actually do add up to like a disruption, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and, and, and which is, which is really annoying because it's actually harder to, to get, uh, to, to qualify an SLA related event. Right. Because from their perspective, they're saying, well, you know, we didn't SLA have any an downtime. Exactly. Yeah. There wasn't an outage. And so yeah. you're fine. And it's like, yeah, but outage. the, yeah, right. But the, but the call forwarding button doesn't work. <laughs> Well, you know, that's like, not an outage. We we consider an outage as defined in your right. six pages of terms and conditions. An outage is defined as thirty minutes or more of complete downtime within a thirty day right. period. Uh, blah 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 blah. Exactly. You know, and 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 SLAs. If anyone knows anything about SLA, the ninety nine and the five nines uptime know that's measured across the United States, across all customers, across entire downtime. So it's like, of course, it's five nines. Anyone can make five nines happen. Right. Uh, that's just it. Um, thank you for sharing. <laughs> yep. yep. There's uh, one of the things that's important, or I think it's a, I think it's something that a lot of IT directors, IT managers, CTOs, everyone deals with is the landscape of technology is changing so fast and migrating so fast that it's hard to know. And even in, especially in telecom with companies getting bought and the marketplace in general, it's hard to know whose operations department is backed up. It's hard to know who's getting ready to sell. It's hard. Mm -hmm. It's definitely easy to see who's buying all the companies, but for all those companies that are buying a ton of companies, how are they integrating all those networks in which VoIP, you know, it might have a name stamped on it. It might be, I'm buying, you know, Harbucks, but um, what, you know, what version am I buying? Am I buying the version of the company that you bought last month? Or is it this other company that you've always been? Or is it the enterprise version? Uh, what, and, you know, and then how's your operations department going to jive with my IT department? And when I say jive, it's, it's important because I find that you'll find some people that love a particular company and you'll find some people that love another particular company and hate the opposite of the two companies. And it really has to do with their specific culture of end users and how the IT Mm -hmm. department can interact with the support process. And is their technical support actually technical or are they just butts in the seat that escalate a ticket to the one or two guys that still know what they're doing that may quit any day. And then, you know, what happens when John, who's the only guy that understands the specific API and the code that was written to work for our company is no longer there anymore. That happens a lot. Um, you have a weird CRM, really- you have some kind of thing where we built a custom API for, they, they're like, oh yeah, we'll bring in our custom dev team. Okay, that's great. And then you call support and you're like, hey, oh, actually there's a note in the system. We have really no idea how to support this. You got to talk with uh, Steve, you know, um, right. that type of stuff goes on as well. Yep. Anyways, um, I'm only saying that because uh, I've been doing this for a long time, and I feel the pain for, I feel the pain for you guys. And it's, uh, I do this all day, every day. So it's, it's important to kind of know the ebb and flow of the market and really kind of the reality of the situation, the truth of it, you know, and it's not seamless. We all, you know, there's so many jokes. There's so many jokes. <laughs> I mean, the seamless, you know, some of them not appropriate, cutting edge, bleeding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. And, um, it, you know, yeah. 
this new cutting edge GUI and single pane of glass and you know I mean, oh, all that stuff is you know <laughs> those catchphrases. Uh, how about just uh, you know it works? You know I love the simple things. You know I saw this IT guy's um this IT guy's headline once, and he's like. I get the job done. <laughs> I was like, it's perfect. I was like, it's perfect, man. Yeah. Um, so, uh, great stories, man. Uh, yeah. I'm, it was, um, it was a lot of fun hearing those stories. I do want to ask you one more thing. Oh, sure. What's, um, what's the, I guess what's the end game for IT guys now that the it's changed so much. It used to be, you know, um, I, I interviewed Aaron Siemens once and he said, well, IT is no longer, we can't just sit in the server closet and have people shove pizzas under the door anymore. Right. Yep. Like there's, um, hot pockets. Yeah. Under the yeah. door. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, you know, it's, it's, we really have to get involved in the business and really, you know, drive the business forward. Um, do you have any like last piece yeah. of advice or anything there? Like, how do you get budgeted dollars? Like, how do yeah. you, how yeah. do you argue for IT and and I guess get what you want and and look good? Mm-hmm. You know, I uh, we could dedicate a whole um, a whole podcast series to this. <laughs> happy to do question. it. I'm happy to do it. Please. Yeah, but, I, uh, I, I I always ask people to do it, and a lot of times I don't always get a very specific answer. So. I, I can I can tell. Yeah, I that that's been my whole career. Honestly, like I, I, um, I have almost specialized in um, reshaping companies' expectations of IT um, because oh. that, and that's, and that really is the root. It's, it's a cultural thing, um, and it comes from the top, and, and you know, a lot of culture I think comes from the top, but. Um, you know, how does this company view IT? And, you know, every time I've stepped into a role, what I found is we're the, you know, what, what I've stepped into is we're the guys who replace your mouse battery and, <laughs> and make sure your email's working. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's, uh, well, that's, you know, that's important. I mean, you know, people's, you know, equipment needs to work and all that. And it's all, it's all good. Um, it's so it's such a primitive uh, form of IT. I think I think IT is, I mean encompasses technology in general, and how incredibly important is technology in general in this day and age, and how how I mean what's the potential for technology to improve a, a, a company and to improve its operations, to improve its bottom line, to improve culture, to improve collaboration. Mm. Right. I mean, it's it's incredible. There, and abilities so to deliver company. product, deliver uh, abilities to deliver product to market. Sears failed. Toys Absolutely. R Us failed. Toys R Us is gone. <laughs> Sears is gone. Yeah. 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 So so uh, so I've tried to do that everywhere I go. Um, and you know, it's funny. Like it it goes back pretty far for me. It goes back to. Uh, picking my degree in college and in college, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, an IT guy. I'm going to go get a, a degree in computer information systems or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And I decided, you know, no, I'm like, I want to, I really want to lead organizations. And, and, and if somebody once told me that, you know, accounting and finance is the language of business. Right. Yep. And so I'm like, okay, 
if if I'm going to be working with businesses and, and trying to improve IT everywhere I go, like I need to get a business degree. (laughs) So I, I majored in business, you know, Mm. um, and had to take all those painful accounting and econ classes and mm. ooh, yeah, it's still, um, still difficult. But anyway, um, it, it kind of set the tone for me that it makes managing forward. your PNL pretty easy. Yeah. It makes managing uh, your budget pretty easy. Yeah. It, it came, it came, the fact is it came a lot more, uh, naturally for me than I think a lot of my predecessors, um, that held, you know, the positions that I, that I held and at these companies, I think because it also allows you to sell your, it also allows you to sell it easier. Absolutely. You can say, I can show you this aspect and this aspect. I mean, what do you measure? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And what yeah. are the, you know, what are the, you know, what's the data, you know, that you're presenting to get yeah. something done, you know, you can speak in the aspect of, you know, profitability or, you know, from an OPEX or a CAPEX perspective. Right. I think, uh, I think everybody is selling something, right? <laughs> so it's like, well, if we're in IT and I, I can't, I can't effectively sell why it is that we need a new ERP system. Uh, that's a problem. Right. And, yeah. and it's going to, it's going to lead to years. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, it's going to lead to years of, of oh, yeah. just kind of mediocrity, you know, within yeah. Uh-huh. Um, within IT and within the, the business. Mm. Um, anyway, I could talk forever about ERP. Um, but yeah, so going back to your thing, um, you know, I uh, I have I've taken a very progressive view of IT, and I've tried to um, essentially convert my IT people into business analysts. Mm. <laughs> right. And, and, uh, and, you know, some of my colleagues like disagree, um, with maybe the, the way that I do certain things, but why, like, what do they disagree with? Um, I think it's just the kind of the older school mentality of just wanting to maintain control. Um, contr- so I'm, I'm a big believer in outsourcing, um, out- outsourcing, outsourcing the technical aspects that don't necessarily directly derive value for the business. Some of the most successful guys I've had on this show and known in general, most of them say that. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like we need the service to work, mm-hmm. but how much value is it really adding to the business to have my guy or my gal working on the server Saturday at 7 p.m.? If you have more control, if you can maintain control and you have more control and more flexibility and more scalability, why would you not do it? Mm-hmm. And not only right. that, you have less, um, I guess, I guess you could say it's a point of failure, but in reality, it's, it's maybe more of a flexible, less, less of a point of failure because you don't have one person attached to it or two people attached to it. Yeah. Numerous options. And the, you know, that was a, that was a major project that I went through, uh, the, the company I'm at now at Diagraph was, uh, basically creating the, it took me two years to to get to finally get the justification and the approval and the implementation of taking all of our infrastructure and moving it to a third party. Mm. Um, and one of the first things that they asked for when I was when I built this, I did a whole full five year financial analysis. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing, like e- even if as an IT person you're not really strong if, like with the finances, mm-hmm. then then th- that is why it's critical that you have a really good relationship 
with your your controller or your your finance people, right? You you have to have a good relationship. That's there. a huge theme. That's a huge <clears throat> theme because yeah, but not not only that. At the end of the day, that they're not, you're not going to be coming out of nowhere with something presenting it, and they're sitting at the table, and you've never talked with them, you don't even know them. You start poking <laughs> holes. They start poking holes in everything. Whereas oh, absolutely. Go to them if you go to them and you say, hey. Uh, I would like your expert advice on something because clearly you're the smartest guy in this organization. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Right. Uh, can you help me bang out some numbers for this? I really love that you say converting IT people into business out analysis because we're not saying you have to cut the staff and cut people out. Uh-huh. We're saying mm-hmm. you have more staff that's business an- analysts. That means you're going to be more successful as a business. Yeah. As opposed to a cost center and just a guy uh, taking yes. it. Yes. And that, that's exactly how I pitched it. Um, because the first thing they asked me was, okay, cool. So you're, you're going to be able to save X number of hours and you're going to shift this to, you're going to outsource that. That's great. That means we, you can, we can let a couple of your people go. Right? We, can let, we, can let, we can let a couple of your people go. That's great. And I'm like, no. No, no, You're no, not no. letting any of my people go. And I was like, and, and here's why. Here's, here's why it's, here's why, um, is because the value is not simply just moving, uh, you know, but moving a cost center to you know, outsourcing it and up. having it be more efficient. It's, it's freeing up these, my people's time uh-huh. to focus on things that actually do drive, drive uh-huh. value for the business. Yeah. Drive, uh, yeah, and, drive. and, I gave them examples. I, I gave them, I had hard, I had concrete examples. I said, listen, we have, um, we have these 12 projects that will directly impact the business. And they have been sitting on our backlog for 18 months, mm-hmm. right? And they're going to continue to sit on that backlog. Unless we outsource this infrastructure, right? Mm, and there are it. things like you know generating um, uh, reports and new reports in ways uh, viewing data in ways that our managers have never seen before, mm, you know, mm. and giving them a, like a, like an analysis and insight into all this data. Like every company has this treasure trove of data, and and vast majority of it just goes unused and untapped and and unanalyzed. Right. I wish and you could I analyze did. my data. I have a treasure trove of data that's just sitting on all kinds of hard drives and stuff. Who knows what I can oh, do yeah. with my data? Yeah, I think everybody I should, does. <laughs> I should just, you know, transcribe all these uh, shows and do something with it. Um, yeah. I we're, so we're anyway. definitely having you back on the show. We have we have to talk about this. Uh, Trevor treasure troves of IT data, but we're gonna replace it with, you know, I don't know, something. Um, I sure. think maybe we should just have like a huge land party. It won't be a land. Like, <laughs> have a WAN party. <laughs> Let's have a yeah. WAN party. And yeah, like, no, that's what that's all they are nowadays. Just WAN parties. <laughs> yeah, we'll make a you know, but we need like some real nerdy, like addictive IT game that teaches people like like uh, when I every now and then I'll get like I'll have some nostalgia and I'll I'll download like a NES ROM, you know, like a NES uh, simulator. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, a NES yeah. simulator, and I'll just be Those like, "Those are great." download every game that ever was, you know, like, <laughs> you know, and I'll find these like crazy games in Japanese that, it'll, and I found this one game where it was like, it was just, you know, a button, B button. And all it was, was a bunch of like businessmen sitting around a, uh, like a boardroom table with, with, uh, 
um, you know, making decisions. <laughs> like, that, like that was the game. I had no idea what it was. That is hilarious. It was, you know, it was like just a weird game. We need like a, we need a game that's like a WAN party that teaches IT guys um, the language of business and uh, I don't know, converting them into uh, business analysts. I don't know. I'm going to have to think about that one. Hmm. <laughs> it's something where it's like, no, you failed. Yeah. You're back to the server closet. They give you like a, a path you can choose. And it's like, yeah. do you a, like, <laughs> like spend the entire weekend, like upgrading the hard drives on your, you know, HP, you know, ProLiant server or <laughs> B, uh, you know, generate that report that the CEO has been asking for for the last year. <laughs> Ooh, yes. Or it's the last day of the month and you're contemplating cutting over to this uh, VoIP provider and you're not quite sure because you haven't done 100% of your due diligence, but you're <laughs> 99% of the way there and the sales rep calls you and says, I'll give you three, mo- three, three months free. It's the last day of the month and we need to close this deal. Do you sign the paperwork or do you tell him to go pound sand and know that there will always be a deal there? Yeah, oh. exactly. You know how many people have told me that? No, we're going yeah. to, we're going to, uh, we're going to Cox for our phone system. What? Like, what do you mean? Sorry, Cox. Yeah. Uh, we'll you know, it. that's yeah. funny. Like now that you, now that you mentioned that, like <laughs> if, if you were to ask me, what's the one thing I learned from that whole telecom fiasco, yeah. it would be, it would be, uh, even if you like, you think you're doing your due diligence, like you, like, and you're getting information from a sales engineer or from people from a company, yeah. like, like check that stuff, like trust, but, but verify, like yes. show me the money. Like, no, I, I want to see this, like, and show me the moving parts and, prove and it. really they like dive to into it. it. Yeah. I, you, they I have make to people prove it. prove it. I make people prove it. And then the other thing is, is I know, you know, I, it's kind of funny when people ask for references. I was like, stop, please stop. No phone company is ever going to give you a bad reference. Would they really give you a reference where the customer is going to say, they always tell you, hold on, let me get some. Guess what they're doing and during those few days while they're digging up your references, calling customers to ask them <laughs> if you can use them as a reference. Can you please just say we're not terrible? Yes, yes. And they're tell them we're not terrible. And by the way, we'll plug your business and we'll do this for you and that for you. Uh, I've seen it. I'll tell you. Okay, last, this is, hopefully people listen to this whole show. It's very entertaining. I think they will. Although I do think highly of this conversation. Um, I had a customer at an old, so I, I worked at this startup and there's, I don't know, it was just like kind of, like a, it was like an, an architectural design firm, right? All working on Max was all Max, but it was like mm. Max back in the day. It was like oh. you no know, early two thousand, right? Early two thousand. It was back in the day when you know there's just how many applications worked across platforms back then, right? Right. right? How many yeah. of the like you know uh, whatever the apps that came in this telecom product would work on a Mac? None. None. Right. And, um, I can't remember what they were sold, but it was, I was, a I was, I was, uh, at a startup company running a sales team back then. And the, the, the sales team was business to business, like literally going door to door. And it was like a managed service provider. And we were helping people consolidate basically managed services, right. Consolidate various different telecom bills. And we came across this person that had been sold by someone at my company prior to me coming in. 
And man, did I get like an earful. It was like, yeah, come on in and sit down, you know? And I was like, okay, like what's going on here? And it was just over and over. And I was like, I am so sorry. I was like, I do not know why they sold you that, you know? And I'm sitting there completely off guard and I'm like, <laughs> like writing this person off, right? Like, how do I get out of here? Like, I can't, mm-hmm. you know, what am I going to do? I, I'll like, I'll, I'll make sure that people call you, blah, 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 take notes, all that stuff. Right. And, uh, I'm not kidding you. A month later, I went on our website and there was a video testimonial from this lady, like a video testimonial of like how good that, like how, you know, this was my very first like job in technology out of working for Starbucks. I went from Starbucks to this Cisco startup, right? It was my, it was like, it was like, you know, like really like just so green, like, so not, you know, I came from a company where it was like, you would never swear, like, you know, HR would call you and like this person didn't feel like you, you know, treated them with respect and dignity to like crazy Cisco startup telecom company. You know, it was just like, it was, it was anyways, very different. Um, but I was shocked. And what I found out obviously was that someone took my notes or whatever and went to this person. Obviously they complained the crap of them, but completely like, you just never really know, you know, that's what I'm saying about the, oh, rep- yeah. right. The references, because yeah. this was like the worst horror story ever to all of a sudden, I'm like, how are they giving a video testimonial of how <laughs> great it was, you know, and from start to finish, I'm like, who called them and who paid them? Like, that's just, yeah. that's just another example of like, you know, ethics. And I'm like, what, you know, it was just against everything. I just, could, I didn't get it. So yeah. um, anyway, somebody got some, somebody got some uh, front row tickets at a Bulls game or something. <laughs> People know that I'm like a no nonsense, very frank, tell it how it is, but that's, you know, it yeah. was, uh, oh, yeah. look, it wasn't bulls. It wasn't just front row tickets. It was more than that. I don't know what it was, <laughs> but it was definitely more than that. I was probably like, we'll give right. you service forever. And, uh, you know, anywho, um, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I'm definitely having you back on to talk about Trevor tre- uh, treasure. I can't even say that treasure troves of it data and, and projects getting done to drive the business and freeing up people and not treating it as a cost center. Because um, if we can nail that one, it really is going to be very helpful to other people. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. <laughs>